Matthew chapter 21, verse number 1. The word of God said, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were come to Bethpage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ice tied and a coat with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say the Lord. Now notice what he said. Tell him the Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. Boy, ain't that a good scripture. All this was done. Now see what was the cause of it. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt the foal of an ass. And the disciples went, and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them, notice this, their clothes, and they set him thereon. Very great multitudes spread their garments in the way, Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Father, help me just a little bit. I pray, God, that I might speak to your people. And God, that you might get glory in this scripture tonight, Lord, we see, Lord, exactly what you want us to see. And I pray, God, that others will see it also. How that Jesus is speaking to us. And God, through the word of God tonight, that we might help someone. God, that you would be glorified, praised, honored in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, if you would, as you take your seat, turn into Exodus Chapter number 13, verse number 1. The Bible said, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn. Now stay with me. Don't let me lose you. Whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast. Notice what he's saying. Are you with me? It is mine. Are you with me? 13, 1 and 2. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which ye came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of the hand, notice this, the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. This day came ye out in the month of Abib, and it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and Hivites, and the Jezebites, which he sware unto thy fathers to give thee a land flowing with milk, notice this, and honey, that thou shalt keep this service in this month. Seven days thou shalt eat un. Leavened bread, 
And in the seventh day shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days. and There shall no leavened bread be seen. Notice this. With thee, neither shall there be leaven seen with thee in all thy quarters. That's a big thing. How many in here like unleavened bread? It ain't real popular, is it? Thou shalt show thy sons in that day, saying, This is done because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came forth out of Egypt. And it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thy hand and for a memorial between thy eyes that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth, for with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. Thou shalt therefore keep this ordinance in his session season <clears throat> from year to year. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, as he sware unto thee and to thy fathers, and shall give it thee, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all, are you with me? That open of the matrix, even at every firstling that cometh out of a beast which thou hast, the males shall be the Lord's. You say, now preacher, what's that got to do with Matthew? Go back to Matthew. If you remember... He said it was an ice colt. Now if you're not familiar with horses, you wouldn't understand that. But a colt is a male. A filly is a female. Amen. A filly meaning it's a girl that has not got of age to give birth yet and has not given. Just like a heifer and a cow. Two different things. A heifer hadn't had a calf yet. So we see in Matthew that he's bringing the ice and the colt. It belongs to the Lord. Amen. Now I thought about this as Brother Richard preached this uh, scripture here and done a wonderful job of it. But I've got something just a little different out of it tonight. I want you to look in that First verse and second verse, he said in the second verse, go into the village. I'd like to say to the church, it's time that we go somewhere. Amen. I mean, the Lord's ordered us to go into the highways and hedges. It's time the church get up and go. Amen. Thank God that our church goes and sings in the highways, does different things outside the church but we could do a lot more. Amen. I saw a beautiful buggy yesterday coming through town. Did anybody get to see it but me? I think it was about a five-row buggy, great big thing, like a marriage carriage would be, two great big white percherons pulling it. Yeah, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. White, the buggy is white, huge. I'm talking about big wheel buggy. And it was loaded down with Mexicans. And I thought, how beautiful that is. And I thought, now this is Dennis thinking, boy, if I had about eight or ten on that carriage and them singing the gospel. Amen. Riding through down. People going to look because it's horses. 
because it's a carriage, because it's out of place. Amen. Hey, you think they'd look at the church the same way? Absolutely. They'd say, what's that church doing out here? It ain't Christmas time. Church, it's time we go. I'm talking about, the Lord said go, it's time we go. So let's pray that God will give us direction and we'll go to the highways more this year than we did last year. Trouble is a preacher can't get you up. And if he asks you to go, you're going to grumble. <laughs> then we're going to get the busy about it and say, ah, you should keep the church in the, inside the church house. This is the church house. This is where Jesus is trying to get in. And he's trying to get this to go now. Amen. He said go in verse number two into the village. Did you notice that he gave specific instructions into the village? Where's the village? Over against you, meaning the one closest to you. And what is the next word? And straightway. Ooh, that didn't hurt right there. I thought, Lord, how many times have I straightway done what you ask? That didn't hurt, don't it? How many mumbles and grumbles under the breath? Mama's asked you to do something. Daddy's asked you to do something. We mumble and grumble. Wife's asked you to do something. We mumble and grumble. Husbands ask the wife to cook a little breakfast, mumble and grumble under her breath. But he said, straightway. Straightway. They listen, they began to go and they did it straightway. <laughs> Let me stretch this a little bit. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way. And few that find it. <laughs> Can I rephrase that a little bit? And few that obey it. Woo, preacher. Thought you'd done all that rough preaching this morning. Hang on, it's going to get tougher. Well, there wasn't an amen in the house. I've done killed them all. He said, go. Go to the village, the one next to you. Can I ask you a question? When was the last time you walked across the road and invited your neighbor to church? Or had a conversation about their soul. That ain't none of my business. Not according to this Bible, it is your business. Am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> Go to the village next to you. You know something else I got out of that? He didn't say go overseas. He didn't say take a mission trip. He said go to the next village next to you. Amen. You know most of the time God don't send them plumb around the world. He's just trying to get them uptown. In the neighborhood. Ooh, preacher. I'm telling you the truth tonight. The church has let God down. Amen. The church has really let God down. I thought about it as I was, uh, I've been preparing this message two or three weeks. Are you with me? 
And he said, straightway ye shall find an ash tied. <laughs> Brother Terry, how many we know is tied up in sin? Does everybody know what a hitching post is? I sure do. You've watched enough cowboy movies, you know what a hitching post is. It's tied to something that's holding it back. How many do we know tonight that something has them tied? Whether it's alcohol, drugs, pornographic, whatever it might be, something has them tied up. Boy, this is a tough message, ain't it? Got them tied up, and Jesus telling them, go over and untie. What do you think your testimony would do for some folks? It'll help untie somebody. Amen. Listen, you've already come through it. You know how God works because you're saved. And if you're saved, you ought to know how the Father works. And he ought to know that he wants to use you to go close by you to help untie somebody that's tied up in a mess. And it's all around us. I was scrolling through the phone. I believe it was last night on the news, whatever it is. And there must have been hundreds of news breaks about robberies, murders, I, I, I just kept scrolling. I'm talking about right here in North Carolina, South Carolina, real close to us. And I couldn't believe it, Brother Terry. I just kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I thought, my God, is all that going on around me? Then I remembered what Brother Roy House told me. Remember, I asked you to pray for his granddaughters. Their uncle got killed. The uncle's sister's husband. Him and his wife was separated. She was wanting a divorce and he didn't want one. So he takes a gun and goes over to the mother's house to find his wife. And her brother steps out and he shoots him dead. And then ports the gun as mama's already called the cops when she seen him drive up, because she knew it was going to be trouble. And when the cops drove up, he was already pointing the gun at her, fixing to kill her, and the cop hollered, Run! And she ran, and they put six bullets in him, right here in Lenore. It ain't far from him. Sin is never far from you. Could be the house right next to yours that's tied up in sin. Needs to be loosened. But first of all, God's got to get somebody to go. Somebody straightway needs to do something. Somebody needs to hear the voice of God and understand God saying, go get them. And he said, notice what he said. If any man say aught unto you, ye shall say the Lord. 
hath need of them. Are you with me? Say amen. And notice what he said. Straightway he will send them. You know something tonight, church? Maybe it's because we haven't been going that we haven't been seeing any souls saved lately. Amen. Amen. Maybe it's because we haven't listened and gone right close to us. Hey, I'm a big missionary fan. I believe in mission work. But I believe the biggest mission field in the world starts in your own backyard. Amen. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. That Lord has spoke to our hearts and said, you need to go and loose them. And if anybody asks you anything, how many's ever heard this? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Boy, I used to go to the prison a lot and preach. I heard that a lot. What are you doing here? I come with the gospel. I've come to help get you untied. You're tied up in a mess and don't even know it. You know, isn't it funny that, that people that that go to prison has 90% chance of going back. 90% goes back to prison for the second time. Is that trying to see if the fire will burn you? Hello? How many we got in here that's that hard-headed? You tried it once, you tried it twice. I ain't talking about going to prison. I'm talking about you got burnt and you got burnt and you got burnt. I say this with love. We're a bunch of morons. We keep doing the same thing over and over expecting different results. Hello. Jesus said go to them. Do it straightway. Don't put it off. Who was it? Lord God. David said earlier that the Lord had told him to call me last week. Tell me he is praying for me and had me on his mind. And he didn't. See, he didn't do it straight away. I'm picking on you, Dave. But how many of us are guilty of that? God pricks our hearts. Call somebody. Go to somebody. And we'll sit there and argue with God. Preacher, I don't believe that. Let me help you tonight. You've argued with God so much, it's become a habit. Every time the Holy Ghost moves on you, you sit there and argue it out and never move. Oh yeah, come to the house of God, pricks your heart, says go to an altar and pray. You'll sit there and say, uh-uh, no way. You ain't talking to me. I know you got to be talking to them over yonder, them over yonder. You're talking to somebody else. And even if the Lord pricked your heart and said, go pray with somebody else, You'll argue about that one. Woo, this is tough tonight. Straightway go. Straightway as the Holy Spirit leads, we need to get up and go. Why? Because God's already working on the other end. God's not going to tell you something that he ain't done prick the heart where he wants you to go. This scripture proves that. Just tell them the Lord has need of it and straightway he let it go. You know what I like about that scripture right there? 
That man didn't ask where you're taking it. How long you going to keep it? And you need to put a deposit. <laughs> he just said, go ahead. Go ahead. You reckon God was working on both sides? Sure he was. God knew it needed to be untied and loose. You say, now preacher, what did the cold have to do with it? That's the reason I went back and read you the other scripture. It belonged to the Lord. Firstborn male. Open the matrix belongs to God. Hello. Hello. Then me or you, we'd went over there. We'd said, I want that ice, but I don't want that cold. Don't want to fool with it. See, the Lord was trying to get you to understand something about being redeemed. You need to go study the Bible on that ice cold. About breaking its neck. Yeah. You need to go study that. See where you fit in that picture. See the Lord's fixing to redeem it. What has that got to do with you and I? What do you think he went to the cross for? He went to the cross to redeem us. So we didn't have to die. So we don't have to get our necks broke. Hello? (laughs) Go. Straightway, you'll find it. (laughs) You have not because you ask not. Can I add a little to that? You have not because you sought not. (laughs) Seek and you shall find, knock it shall be open unto you. Hello? If you'll go, you'll find it. You'll find it tied up. But you just tell him I've got need of it. When you pray before you go out, do you ever say, Lord, direct me? Guide me? Give me the right words? Give me the right frame of mind? Hello? Give me the right spirit? Son, I didn't think this was that hard of preaching, but it sure is tonight. That means you're soaking it up evidently. It's tough on us, isn't it, when God calls us out. Amen. Listen, if judgment begins at the house of God, we better get our ducks in the order. Go. You'll find it. Release it. Do it right now. Are you with me? I had a preacher friend say this one time. I need to go over and visit that farm over there. They put a lot of new fences up, redone that old house. They must have a lot of money. I need to go over and visit them. Told me that. 
I said, what makes you think they got a lot of money? They spent a fortune putting gravel on the driveway. They fenced it all. They cleaned it all up and they're remodeling that house. They got to have money to do all of that. And I thought, is that the only reason you're going? What's your reasoning for going? You want me to give you the best thing that's in this Bible? God has need of them. Now I want to tell you something. How many in here want to go buy an ice? They're not really highly sought after in our culture. They're really not. I can remember when people would give them to you to get them out of their way. But the Lord had need of them. He had need that it would fulfill scripture. Of them. Not just one, but bring them both. By the way, that farm was mine. He didn't know I'd bought it. My preacher friend didn't. I said, you know, I know the feller that owns that farm you're talking about. He said, you do? Who is it? He didn't want the name so he could go visit. I said, me? He looked like he'd swallowed a long-tailed cat and it was rough going down. He said, you own that place? I said, yeah, I just bought it, been cleaning it up. Going to remodel it. I'm going to sell my house and move over there. He never said no more. He got in his car and left. And I thought to myself, wouldn't that have been a great surprise to him if he drove up over our meal working? Because he knows I ain't got two nickels to rub together. I've spent all I've ever had. <laughs> hey, my children ain't going to have to fight over money when I'm gone. No, I'm going to blow every dime up before I go. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it. I worked it out or two. Right? Hello. If I get mama on a cruise, we'd go around the world. Amen. I can't get her to float or fly, though. She said we'll go to Hawaii when they build a bridge. And I thought, as much trouble as I had out of you in Florida on that 11-mile bridge, what would you do with a 1,000-mile bridge? <laughs> Benny, she'd have me choked to death, son, before I got across that bridge. But the problem of it is, church, we don't hear good enough to go. And when we do here, we shun it. And we'll say, who wants an ice? Am I telling you the truth tonight? Who wants one of them things? Can I say this? I don't know how to put this. Every one of you were ices at one time. Every single one of us was tied up at one time. 
Every single one of us needed somebody to come help get us untied and taken to the Lord so he could use it. Something else you need to see. He said, the Lord hath need of them. You know God needs you. I've talked to a lot of folks lately that felt useless. Not needed. Especially our older folks. I said what we need from you is your wisdom. Everybody that's over 50 raise your hand. Don't you wish you were 20 and had the knowledge you have now? Well, let's help a 20 year old with our knowledge. Loose them. Bring them to the Lord. Hey, every one of us in this church and everyone here by the airways ought to invite somebody to church next week and go by and pick them up if they need to be. Amen. I'm going to help you. I'm enjoying this. I hope to God you are. The Lord said to his men, Hello, church. I'm going to send two of you over there. He sent them out by twos always. You know, they went. So when he says, church, go, we ought to hesitate. <laughs> Let me help us all. I'm trying not to preach long, but I can't help it. Years ago, when I first got saved, by the way, I seen Marilyn Hensley today, C.A.'s wife. When I got saved, Uncle A. come to me and he said, Son, don't you ever go nowhere by yourself. He said, If somebody needs prayer, you take somebody with you. And I couldn't understand why at first. But I understand totally why now. Me and my wife were sitting in our living room one night and the phone rang. My wife answered it. This lady said, your husband's out with another woman. Me sitting there looking at her. Gail said, really? Yeah, I just seen him. Gail said, well, she said, you know, you ought to do something about that. Gail said, Dennis, what are you doing going out with other women? Click. Busy body somewhere. But it sure learned me a valuable lesson. You don't go to nobody's house without a witness. Amen. Somebody to say, no, he did not. Hello? <laughs> you think the devil won't lay a trap for you? Preacher friend of mine took a new church, hadn't been there long. He'd been getting them straightened out pretty good. And he's beginning to have trouble with the deacons because he's getting them straightened out. He is laying the ground rules for the church. Good, godly ground rules. So this particular deacon invited him over to the house He and his wife went over there. 
And the deacon made sure he sat on the couch in the right place and began to grill him and ask him questions on his belief. And the preacher was answering him. And all of a sudden he said, the Holy Spirit said to him, why is this deacon asking you these questions? So he asked the deacon, he said, why are you asking me these questions? You know what I stand on. And he said he started to stand up, Terry, and he said his heel hit something. He said he turned around and looked, said the deacon was recording every word he said. Slid up under the couch. Right there in Swannanoa. And said he reached under there and got it and said, oh, you're trying to entrap me so you can take it to the church and say, why, that idiot don't believe like we do. He said, here, let me help you. He just spoke right into the recorder. He said, now take it to the church. He said, oh, by the way, when we're at church the next time, I'm going to have you stand up. We're going to bring you before the board. You don't deserve to be a deacon. See, the trouble with churches is people's tried to run it instead of letting God run it. He said, go boys. The boys went. They found exactly what he said they'd find. And they said exactly what he said to say. And the man released that coat and that ice. And it began to go to the Lord to be used. Now I thought about this. I don't know how far away it was to where, from where they were. But I wondered what people said on the way back. Well, they didn't have no ice when they left here. I bet they stole it. I wonder how many church members said that. You know, church members in that day and time was pretty cruel. They ain't got no money. They don't work. How did they get an ice and a coat? Can you see that? I can, can't you? And then I can see them say, well, what are they going to do with it? <laughs> i never forget when we first bought the first church bus. I couldn't tell you how many people said, well, what are you going to do with it? Can I tell this and not hurt anybody's feelings? Duh, chicken. What do you do with the bus? You get people on it to ride it. <laughs> I couldn't tell you how many people said, what are you going to do with that? Well, I thought I'd make a camper and just camp out at the church. <laughs> I'm going to put a trailer hitch on it and I'm going fishing. <laughs> Can you hear that rumor? When it gets back to me again. I heard you was going to the beach. And live and fish for a living. <laughs> you say preacher how do you know that? Well. In 1969 when I was playing around with the gunpowder. Blew my fingers off. I was in the hospital. 19 days. Came back. Went to school. About 100 students asked me. 
are you a terrorist? Heard you was going to blow the school up. And it blowed up on you before you got here. Well, I can tell you my generation didn't think that way. No, we didn't think about blowing the school up. No, we thought about quitting school, but we never thought about blowing it up. I mean, this wasn't in our head. You might go to school and have a bad fight or something, but we never thought about blowing it up. And I thought, how in the world did that get started? And who embellished it and kept it going? That in 19 days, I become a terrorist fixing to blow the schools up. And I thought, well, you dummy. If they thought I was a terrorist going to blow the schools up, they wouldn't let me come back. Right? See, we don't think these things through. Jesus said, go, you'll find it, loose it, bring it back to me. I've got need of it. The trouble of it is, church, and this is the point of the whole message, we don't feel like we're needed in the army of God. We think we're just pew warmers from the least to the eldest in this building. God has a need of you. The older folks, we need your wisdom. Yes, we do. For God's sake, we need the wisdom of the older ones because they've been through it. He said, if you'll loose them and bring it to me, I've got a need of it. And they went into town and the message is not going into town, not Hosanna and all that. The whole message is God has a need for you. But first of all, you've got to hear the voice of God. Second of all, you've got to go straightway before the devil talks you out of it. Secondly, you'll find exactly what God sent you to do. I'll never forget, and I'll close. Up here at the prison in Marion, the old prison, went into service up there one day. Brother Dennis Bartley was scheduled to preach. Me and Brother Dennis and Vernon Powell and a couple of others went, and the guard stopped me as we went in. He said, Dennis, I want to tell you, if this certain inmate comes in there and said, you'll know him. I said, how will I know him? He said, by his muscles. He said, all he does is lift weights all day long. He said, he'll come in there just to disturb and destroy the service. He said, if he comes in, I can't go in and stop him, but I'll be right outside the door in case you need me. Well, the Holy Ghost got into the singing that morning. Vernon Powell sung a song, a couple others sung a song. Holy Ghost got to moving. Well, loudmouth Dennis jumped up and began to preach. Me. I wasn't thinking, I was just following the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, the door flew open, and here come that big guy. He was a black Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean a mountain of a man. Well, I've seen Brother Vernon Powell slip over beside of him, which told me to preach on, because I knew Brother Vernon take care of whatever happened. I was preaching my heart out trying to follow God. All of a sudden, that old big boy took a run to the front. 
I said, "Uh uh-oh, it's on now. He come to the front, Terry, and he hid his knees on that concrete floor. And he slid plumb up into the altar, screaming, crying out to God. Burning powers right around his neck, hanging on him as he slid in. Praying at the top of his lungs. God, he's come for something. Give it to him. That old boy was crying and screaming. That guard come in the door ready to take care of it. He seen that old boy on his knees. He went, what happened? We prayed. That old boy come up and burning, still hanging on his neck. I'm telling you the truth. Burning's feet was off the floor. He wasn't about to turn that big fellow loose. He was a hollering and praising God, and he, that old boy was too. I'll never forget his testimony. He stood there, mint, snubbed a little. He said, I don't know why I come in here. <laughs> I thought I do. <laughs> Holy Ghost reached out there in that yard and got you and brought you in here. He said, but when I stepped through that door, he said, something hit me. <laughs> I thought, praise God, praise God. Holy Ghost got him. That old boy still got burning and hanging. He done grabbed burning now and he's holding burning. I thought, this like a little rag doll. That old boy's still testifying about the love of God. Now, I said all of that to say this. What if we'd have not heard? What if we'd have not went? We'd have never found, and we'd never been able to untie him. See, God had a purpose for that day. God had a purpose for that message. God had a purpose for those that was there. And God was glorified in the end. That old boy was crying when he left her. Well, the next time we went down there, we went every week and preached. That same guard come to me and he said, that old boy's been different since last Sunday. I said, that old boy got something last Sunday. I said, that big boy come in there to tear that up. And as soon as he stepped through the door, the Holy Ghost slapped him. You can't fight against the Holy Spirit of God. See, if we just hear the voice of God, go when he says go, you'll find what he sent you to find. And you will be able to get it for the use of the Lord. Would you agree with that tonight? Then I need to ask you a serious question. Why haven't you gone? I know that'd be quiet. You say, preacher, how do I know that he wants me to go? Let me help you and we'll close it. First of all, you know people and see people I'll never see. Amen. Amen. So how could I ever lose them? Second of all, God said he is no respect to person. Can I get an amen from the amen corner? If he can use me, if he can use an ice, if he can use an ice coat, if he can use a rooster, if he can use a whale, surely to God he can use you. Brother Bob McCurry preached up at Brother Ken Burleson's about the whale, a whale of a servant.
He said these words up there that night. It stuck with me deeply. He said, I wonder where that well was when God said, go get beside that boat. He said, there's no telling how far that well had to swim to get there. And he said this, I wonder how long he was beside the boat before they threw him over. Now think about what I'm saying. His point was, sometimes we might go, but we don't stay long enough. He said, now think of this. (laughs) That whale, when he got him in his mouth, didn't eat a bite for three days. And had to spit the only bite he'd had in three days up. You ain't got it, you might. How many calories did that whale burn? Listen, getting him to where he is supposed to be in to start with. I, I, I'd like to sit down sometimes. Terry, you're good at that, you figure it out. Figure out how far he traveled to spit him out where he should have been going. The point of it is tonight, church, God needs some folks that's willing to go to hear the voice of God, to help somebody that's tied up in sin, to loose them and let them free because the Lord has a need for them. He can use you if you'll let him. Let us stand. Father, I thank you for every heart that cheered tonight. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to preach to your people. I pray, God, that we'll look at this different than we ever have before. That, Lord, that we'll understand, Father, you have a need, a need for your children to hear your voice and be obedient because we know obedience is better than sacrifice. So, Father, I pray for my folks here tonight that you've given me that, God, that we'll hear that voice and we'll be doers of the word, not just hearers. So you bless us, Lord. Speak to our hearts and our minds that we might follow you. Open the doors that we might step in. Give us words to speak to the hearts that we might see and accomplish your will. I pray this for my people here tonight, Lord, that we'll be concerned enough to invite somebody to church, Lord, that needs you greatly, in danger of hell fire, so we might help them be loosened In the mighty and holy and precious name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, amen, amen.